Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Gimme Podcast with your host and resident horse girl. I need to come up with something else to call myself. Um, I'm very excited for this week's guest. We have on a three-time Jeopardy champion and uh, a daytime Emmy Award winner. We have on Wes Hazard. Hello, Hi, Wes. hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, how's it going? Uh, you know, all things considered, uh, I'm holding up personally pretty well. The world's crazy, but uh, it's been that way for a while. So, you know, uh, no no major complaints uh, right, right over here right now. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're just kind of, well, not the eye of the storm now, but like you're in Brooklyn, right? So you are kind of in the heart of all this COVID yeah, stuff. lovely uh, coming at you from uh, beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, you know, things are always a little bit live here. Uh, you know, it was a lot different back uh, March, April, May of last year. Things, you know, re-COVID were particularly intense. Yeah. But uh, things, you know, while still being what they are, are a little bit better. So, yeah, I- I'm doing all right. Yeah. And it seems like you've been busy doing a few things, at least over the last couple months. I saw you on... Um, the chase on on abc <laughs> yes yes uh keeping my uh game show career alive uh you know you it's, uh, it was a crazy very fun far less stressful experience than my time on jeopardy um yeah, yeah i got to be on that show you know uh it was it's a show that i like a lot um i've watched previous iterations of it so that was super fun and uh yeah did not walk away uh with the money but uh i think i, I made a good showing of it I mean, before we get into the obsession, I have to say that you were at least a lot better than that first woman on your episode. You know, it, it's it it could have been me there before the grace of God go. I it, it's just like the whole basic thing was we didn't have a whole lot of prep. Like when I was about to go on Jeopardy, I had um, about four months before I knew that was going to happen. So I was yeah. able to spend like several hours a day um, studying, prepping. Uh, getting my mind right uh, between being booked and taping. This was only about five weeks. And what I had to do is um, it's the newest version of the show. So the chase is on ABC now with the Jeopardy goats Uh, previously and originally it was on um, uh, ITV in the UK, which it still is. And then um, there was an American version on game show network for a couple of years um, back in the mid teens. And so what I just did is I just watched every episode of all of those that I could possibly find, um, to prep. And I got a sense of how I would do, you know, basic, you know, parameters with clues and all that sort of stuff. And so I was feeling extremely confident walking in. Um, and I knew that the money would be higher. Like on, in Britain, it's like a thousand dollars for your cash builder clue in the original yeah. U S version. It was five G's. So I'm like thinking, all right, this is ABC. It's prime time. They're definitely going to make it a lot more than five G's. Uh, at least double it's at least gonna be 10 but yeah 20 seems kind of high so i don't know we'll see like i because you didn't have the benefit of watching the show for years like i did for jeopardy so i'm just like all right well we'll see what it's gonna be and i walk in and they and my whole thing is in the cash build around i you know i timed myself i was very 
intense while I was taking statistical analysis. I was tracking, you know, my average, you know, get rate, all that sort of stuff. I'd done research on wagering scenarios, all that sort of stuff. And um, I was like, I was thinking I am a lock for six correct in the cash builder. Eight is my goal. Uh, anything less than six is like, don't respect yourself. I could potentially get 10. That's a stretch, but I think it's possible. So like, that's where I was going. Like eight wow. is what I'm shooting for six minimum. Yeah. Uh, and then they walked in and they told us that they're going to be worth 25 G's a piece. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I'm already in my head. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a condo. I'm going to like, you know, we're going to pay off all the student debt. It's just like, I'm just like going off. Like, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then they, and they had us up for a practice round on the buzzer and the questions were just like home. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm feeling really, like, I'm really good, good to go. And then, yeah, my teammate, um, Sarah, she went up first and of her set of questions, um, I I mean, she got one correct. I, again, minimum six shooting for eight of hers in my own head. I was like, I would have gotten, I think, four of those. Okay. And like, that's when I knew I wasn't in Kansas anymore. I'm like, this Uh is they have increase the difficulty on this trivia to a degree which i have not prepared for uh and you can't really and well, i wonder it, yeah. if that has anything to do with the people they have that are the chasers mm. yeah you're giving like it's a lot of factors like you're you're if you're giving away that much money you have to make people work for it right and if you're playing against you know uh brad and ken and and, and james it's like yeah they're going to be amazing and it, that the contestant pool has actually been really, really solid. Like, I mean, a lot of those people have been on Jeopardy. I'm just yeah. one of many people who have uh, appeared on Jeopardy before. So, um, yeah, the thing about the British chase is like it's very low money, but the people you see on there are like regular people, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, in the sense that yeah. like they haven't spent their entire lives learning useless trivia. Um, the chase, this version is like they got some pros. And so, yeah, it was just a uh, total bushwhacking, like, when my teammate went up first and again, I, I, you know, I, I can't say anything negative about her. Yeah. Uh, it could have been me. It could have been me. Uh, but when she went up first and like just total bushwhack, like the other uh, contestant and I, uh, uh, we just looked at each other like, these are really hard. Yeah. And, and it felt like being in a Bruce Lee movie, you know, like when he comes into the dojo and just beats up all of, like the black belt students. And then like, you're like wearing an orange belt. And you're like, I have to go like get in this dude's Did face. Like that's, next? yeah. So whatever. Um, but it was a great experience. Super fun. And I uh, was so happy to get to do it. Yeah. So if it wasn't apparent to our listeners, what we were going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about Wes's obsession with trivia and just general knowledge. It sounds like. Yeah, I like to um I like to I, I I like to learn random stuff, fun stuff for me. Like, you know, I just I don't just read like chemistry textbooks, but like I love trivia and I love storytelling. So I'm you know, I'm a comic and I'm a storyteller and I love trivia that has like a little bit of a story in it. Sure. <laughs> like, you know, you know, so it's like it just makes it so much easier to remember. I think, you know, my favorite subject um always growing up was uh history because it's like, this isn't even school. Like it just, you just told me a bunch of stories and I just have yeah. to, you know, yeah. so it, I always love that, you know? Well, cause I was going to ask if there are certain topics you dread preparing for to like learn trivia and things about. Um, it's so I have a very uh, holistic, my whole thing is like, you know, I just try to like live your life. The, my, I like, for me, trivia, there are people who I've met who are super into trivia, who do it 
like the hard way in my opinion which is like i am going to get this atlas and i am going to get this periodic table of elements and all this stuff and i'm going to memorize all my greek and latin words and like just like here's a body of knowledge that i know tends to come up on trivia i'm going to process this wow me i come from much more the live your life uh be interested in things, um, read widely sure. and like just sort of a slum dog millionaire sort of thing. Like so much of the trivia that I get correct is just like, Oh, I was reading a listicle, t- you know, 12 years ago that happened to mention that, or I was browsing uh... Wikipedia for fun. And like it just came up or I talked yeah. to this dude and he was like, had this crazy job. And now I know that fact. So that's sort of how um, it works for me. Very cool. And where did all of this, like this must have all generated from something like did you get really into trivia in your childhood or like some other way? I like, I always liked um, learning new cool stuff that like, I guess other people would find interesting. Like I, I as a, as a child, um, I, grew up uh you know i have half brothers and sisters but i'm my mom's only kid so okay. uh the majority of the week i was the it was just me and her in the home and i would see my dad and my half brothers and sisters on the weekends but um you know pretty much just you know largely an only child experience and i always liked to perform and be the center of attention for adults um I've talked to a lot of people and like, yeah, when I was a kid, I hated being around adults. I was really nervous around them. For me, it was the exact opposite. Like I love to be on and yeah, like, you know, yeah. you know, be, and like, you know, so like getting that attention from adults. And I think I found that one way to do that was to talk to them about topics that they would not expect a seven-year-old to know about. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's it just like, you know, I'd be like, you know, I was into older movies um, and a lot of that came from my dad. Like we would just like, you know, we're more like buddies than uh, father and son so it's just like you know he'd be like oh apocalypse now's on let's watch this and i'm like all right i'm eight but all right cool let's do it <laughs> you know and like you know so now i know a little bit about vietnam you know so it, it's just um it was that sort of thing and so deploying facts like did you know that sort of stuff um yeah. was always cool i was really into um reading as a kid and like i loved big just giant facts fact books and atlases that would have like little insets and tables and whatnot um you know that sort of thing and then the biggest like motivation to like really just like study trivia i think came um in my eighth grade geography b so i went to a public school still oh. in mass and um it was i think i've done the geography b. yeah it's super fun if you're a nerd uh yeah it's like the the national geography b they still do it for the longest time alex trebek hosted it uh, i think it might be mo rocca now if i'm not oh, mistaken wow. that's interesting um, yeah hard hard transition but yeah. basically like they would do a school geography b so like in generally your social studies class uh and you you know go off against your fellow students in there and if you did well there you would go on regionals and if you do well at regionals you represent the region at the nationals where you meet outs and it's on like daytime tv um and so i always loved history always my favorite subject eighth grade i'm in the class uh, my best friend nick and i uh you know he ended up being valedictorian one of the smartest children i've ever known i mean i met him in first grade and yeah. like i i was a smart kid but he was like that's a brain right there <laughs> like you know it's just like um and we uh, face off in this and like we they do it for the entire class and we were both tied with like you know f- scores far exceeding the entire class so now we're gonna have a runoff and so it's five questions um him and me everybody's looking on i don't know how interested everybody else was but like this is the defining moment of my life yeah and uh they asked us the five questions and my teacher looks at the answers like oh we've got some different answers here <laughs> and like oh, he God. takes a minute to score and nick just completely 
smoked me. Like uh, he got four correct. I got one. So just like just oh. trounced, trounced. And I was just so like, you know, I'm happy for Nick. He did uh, really well, um, did not go to nationals, but represented well in uh, regionals. And at that moment, I just made it like, you know, I'm never I'm in a very childhood declaration that's like i'm never gonna not know anything ever again <laughs> and from there i just like made it my business to like i would look up everything like if i was reading a book and i didn't know a word or they referred to something i wasn't familiar with i'd make a little note of that and yeah make sure to look it up and like yeah just that sort of stuff and then my whole life changed um i was studying abroad in the UK in my junior year of college and uh I read about Wikipedia and I cannot for the life of me find the movie but Roger Ebert uh Chicago Sun-Times film critic who I loved all of his stuff mm-hmm. he wrote a review of a movie where he mentioned Wikipedia the online encyclopedia I'm like oh what's this and then I went to it and since that day I've had at least three tabs of Wikipedia open every oh, single day of my life since, wow yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because to me, I remember there was an era where Wikipedia came up and it was like very popular. And then I went through an era at school where it was like, you can't use Wikipedia. It's Mm. not like a valid source of knowledge. It's certainly not for writing your term paper. Like Wikipedia is amazing for learning for like getting like to knowing what you should know about a topic like you know like the things you need to then go on to learn about topic give you the basic overview or also it's amazing for just random shit that's not going to be in Britannica like yeah if I need to know about the uh, you know the 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 Algiers war with France or something like that I'm definitely going to Encyclopedia Britannica but if I need to know about you know the the you know a 1987 you know show about crime from like you know that was on for like half a season yeah wikipedia is going to take care of you so yeah it's a great resource i do i noticed there's a trend i don't know if you're on tiktok but there's a trend where people pick like two random words and they see how fast they can get from one to the other on wikipedia Ooh, that's i i have i did not know that was a trend i'm not on tiktok just um uh it's the it's the hard line like i got snapchat i barely use it and i was like tiktok like no i'm just i'm just old now i'm old it's cool i'm fine with that um but you're not missing much it's okay. <laughs> i i so i see the stuff that gets reposted on twitter and instagram so you know i i feel tangentially involved yeah but uh i have done that myself i did not know that like i i i have done that like you're see how one far of, you're one <laughs> of many apparently yeah who knows yeah that's that's crazy all right i'll i will check out i'll try to on twitter or Instagram, find videos of that happening. Yeah, on TikTok. yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Um, so how did you go from this trivia obsession to like, were you really into Jeopardy as a kid? Is that how you got oh, yeah. into preparing for all that? Yeah, I mean, I was a fan of Jeopardy for, you know, two decades before I ever went on. Um, I love the show. I think it was I mean, I have a bit about it, but like, yeah, it was a moment of existential crisis for me, like every day uh, at 7.30 p.m. every weekday, because back in the day, uh, I'm a huge nerd, obviously, and Highlander, the hour-long show about immortals chopping each other's heads off, would come on at 7 o'clock, and then Jeopardy would come on at 7.30, and so each day at 7.30, I had a decision to make. It was like, do I stay and see, like, who Duncan McLeod or the Clan McLeod is going to, like, you know, fight that week, or do I go over to Jeopardy? What I would most often do would I would switch to Jeopardy during the Highlander commercials and then uh, come back go just back, back and, and forth. forth. So yeah, so I mean, funny. I don't, 
I don't, I remember Jeopardy always being a thing. Like yeah. I, I remember, I can't remember a time where I didn't know that there was a guy at that time with a mustache who, mm-hmm. you know, and smart people would, you know, uh, answer questions on TV. It wasn't until I was in seventh grade that I started watching Jeopardy regularly. Yeah. And I remember it being like, it felt like, um, honestly, it felt like that when I switched over from, uh, baths to showering like I, all through my okay. childhood i took uh baths because that's what kids do and yeah. then one day probably in like fifth grade i was like i think i can handle the shower and like i i, I remember i asked my mom like can i take a shower and she's like uh yeah and like i just never went back and i felt so adult i'm like oh this is what adults yeah, do yeah and the first day that i went on jeopardy it's the kind of thing that like at an earlier age you would walk it's like the news right you would see and like who watches this and just like go back to whatever and i remember one day i switched over to jeopardy and like it just caught my eye and i stayed on it for like the rest of the episode and i just obviously you know my my knowledge was very limited and i wasn't kicking ass but um i remember feeling very adult me like i watch jeopardy now and then i grew to like it and you know uh just internalized it yeah and um, did were your was anyone in your family also into it, or were you kind of the only one that? I mean, uh, only one, but also like the only one there. Like there would be no, like sure. uh, my I was after fifth grade. I uh, went home alone uh, yeah. and just stayed there till my mom got home and she would usually get home around 6 30 7 7 30 and then immediately be making dinner and whatnot. So yeah. uh, not only is she not uh, she is a solid Jeopardy player now, I would say she is better than average well, she's probably like picked up knowledge from <laughs> she yeah she, my mom does not love trivia but she is competitive and so whenever i'm home uh we do watch jeopardy and she likes to compete so uh yeah she she's better than i would say most moms um but not like you know a, a trivia diehard but yeah there was no one else to, it was all entirely me like there was there was literally no one else in this house to talk to about trivia but uh i did do like college not college bowl uh, high school bowl um okay. sort of that sort of stuff in high school and i did uh, college bowl uh when i was at uh, college in at wow. boston college i didn't realize that you could like i mean i know that there's like speech and debate and there was mm. like high high school com- competitions for like chemistry and stuff i never put together that there were like trivia oh yeah it's contests. very uh it's very intense like i mean i it was we had sporadic high school bowls like i think in my high school in all my four years there i think three times they put together some kind of team and we went to like a one-day event or something like that and i really enjoyed that but that was my knowledge of it um college has a you know na qt national association of quiz tournaments it's like a big Uh, college thing okay um and like people like really prepare for it and when i it was just serendipity my college roommate freshman and a sophomore year who we were just assigned randomly he was also super into that and he had done it oh, in wow. high school like he talked to me about like he would say that like yeah back in high school during like hell week he would stay at school every night until like 10 uh you know uh studying and looking at maps and getting like so he did that like religiously and like that was the first time that i was aware that there was even like a thing that i could have been doing all that time like yeah you know? <laughs> so my it wasn't really big in my school but for his it was and then colleges like most colleges um you know if they don't have a team could easily get hooked onto one if they had enough student yeah. interest but obviously it's not you know it's not waking up on Saturday mornings to go, you know, to MIT to get your ass kicked by a grad student is not like the, the sa- most fun. It sounds very like, this sounds bad, very like Massachusetts, Boston college centric, that that would be a thing people would like, just because there's like between Harvard, MIT, there's so many 
BU, oh, yeah, yeah. there's so many universities around here. I could see that being very a thing that's very popular. <laughs> and they're all, I mean, it's it's very popular. A lot of nerds. You're exactly right. And like, yeah, and like BC, you know, I think most people in Massachusetts will be like, oh, BC, great school, which you know it is. It's a fine academic yeah. institution, but like it's not harvard mit so so like our team i think it was like eight schools in the area we were always at each event like i don't know if we were ever like better than sixth place like you know because it's like i remember specifically one time it was it was so me and a couple of people i knew we were like became like the core of the team and so it was like uh mostly sophomores and like i remember one time four of us college sophomores we played against I don't know what was going like they would send multiple teams so some you could have the MIT MIT A team and then there would be so many people they interested had B of it teams? yeah and it, yeah because there were so many students who had interest so like wow. you know it, you could only have i believe i think it was four students per team so like you know you'd go and then like you know whoever else wanted to do they'd be on the BC the B team so like i remember one time i think it was the MIT B team was just a single grad student like older grad student like this guy was mid 30s if not 40 wearing a hawaiian shirt and he single-handedly smoked all of us like just it was so it's like you want a team of, <laughs> you want a team of four and then just four one. college sophomores against like one like 30 something year old grad student and from Ooh. mit and he just spanked us it wasn't even close and like that i was you know obviously it sucks to lose like that but also i remember being so fired up and like inspired like i want to be that dude like i want to like do like how do i get that knowledge and so yeah i was so i was so into that that's crazy um so preparing for those like do they give you like topics that you know you're gonna have to to be ready for is Um, it random or it's yeah it's it's very random like there naqt has like set categories more like there'll be like you know there'll be science there'll be art history like all the basic stuff but people always ask that about jeopardy like how do you prepare or anything like that it's any kind of competition the number one way that you prepare is to do that thing so people who really want to go on jeopardy i would say well watch every episode of jeopardy that you possibly can and go to the j archive the online yeah. uh repository of all their uh questions naqt um you could back in the day you can get the packets online for mostly free oh. so it's like it's just like you over time you get the sense of what they're looking for um and the way that naqt questions are written it's like it starts extraordinarily broad like they'll say like the open like it, i really like how they write these um there'll be like a paragraph question and the first line will be like you know um you know uh it was uh you know he was an ancient greek guy okay and he participated in battles okay and then by the end you know they'll keep on going step in and then the very last sentence will be like you know uh his best friend was hephaestion like okay alexander the great like you know it's like it's like it's really narrowing in so yeah, like you, yeah. so you can wing it and guess but you'll be wrong you won't be able to like you know get in but like it works like that so they have a very specific question style where it's just like they give you all all very wide thing that could be a lot of things and then they and then consistently they... just go in and, and yeah so it's really well written it helps you out if you're not like don't know everything immediately yeah yeah huh I, I it's so interesting to me too because the way you're talking about jeopardy and these other things it reminds me of um like there's a there's a documentary on it this guy who won the prices right like just totally sweeped it and he did it just by like like 
studying all the prices and like watching every episode of the prices right and like all that sort of stuff wow yeah because that, that's yeah if you want it bad enough and you have an ocd mind enough it's like yeah there's everybody should know all the prices on prices right if you're taking it that seriously yeah. like, like this yeah. you can study this just look at consumer electronics and dinette sets and, and like you know for a year and yep. you will have a sense of all the price. like so i mean like yeah it's like i that's the thing that's like it's trivia is it's not even intelligence like you know there's not a lot of dummies in trivia but i wouldn't even say that intelligence is like the main thing it's for trivia it is are you curious does it are you inclined to look up that fact there are people and i would say most people who read something and they understand it fully, all the contextual clues, whatever, but they might not know this one concept that is referred to obliquely, or they don't know this vocab word, but right. they don't need to because you can get the full meaning. They can do what they're trying to do, engaging with this text by yeah. what they have. Yeah. Most people are going to be content to just keep moving on. The trivia mind is going to be the person who like must look that up because you can't stand to not know. Not yeah. that you need it for this purpose, but because it would hurt you in some way to, to yeah. like have that gap in your knowledge. And so like that is... The, that quality is like the number one thing for being good at trivia. Uh, after that, I would say having a decent memory works. Um, and then also just a competitive spirit. Like, I mean, it's like, do you, do you want it? <laughs> like, do you, are, does it mean enough for you to stand to sit here all day and like, look at this Atlas yeah. and like for hours at a time, like that's not most people's idea of fun. Some people, it still isn't their idea of fun, but they'll do it because it'll give them an edge. Sure. And some people just love that shit. So it, it's just like, yeah, who are you? Yeah. Do you have like any tidbits of like trivia that you've learned over the years that are like your go-to kind of like at a party to tell people or anything like that? I, I have so many. I have a newsletter every week that I put out and uh, I include fun facts at the bottom of it always. So I'm like, yeah. I'm always on the on the hunt for stuff. Uh, one thing that I found out relatively recently is like the time... <laughs> Pluto is so far away from the sun that it takes like something like, I think 237 years to make one revolution. And so Pluto didn't even get a chance to go all the way around the sun uh, between its discovery from by human observation and it being demoted to dwarf planet. Like we just, we saw it like, oh, oh. planet. Oh. And then before it even got around the sun, we're like, not planet. And I, so it's oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, so that's a that's a very uh, random one. Uh, let's see. With I have like a whole, I have like literal spreadsheets of facts that I that I like. Um, so do you organize all of the all of the stuff? Like, it's very no. It's very it's so. Uh, it's also like what do you what do you consider a fun fact? A fun fact for me is one that you can say it very quickly. People immediately grasp it, and you're like really and then they tell someone else sure. like that's like the best uh the best fun so like here's one eagles is the most common team name in u.s college football that's a marginally that might be useful that's down like the line not shocking okay exactly not shocking you're not really gonna like uh share it this one's just sad though but the u.s has just 3.1 percent of the world's children but if those kids <laughs> own 40 percent of the world's toys like what? that's just, <laughs> like yeah that's just wild and sad that's so sad that's so <laughs> weird that is like so crazy to think that uh wow we own 40 percent. okay i mean yeah. that makes sense 
the United States is a very consumer-based economy. The, the the holes in a the cap on a big pen are there so that should you accidentally swallow it, you air can pass through and you won't choke to death. Like you know, so just random. I love I love that, a good fact like that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, all of these you're telling me, I'm like, I would have never thought about this, but they're very interesting things to know. Yeah. yeah. So just that sort of stuff. Man. I, I it's what's a, so, what's it give me a horse fact what's a good horse fact well you already before the recording you already brought up pit ponies I could have <laughs> told you about pit ponies but you already have knowledge on them so it's like <laughs> I, I don't know there's lore that I see anything I'm going to tell you you're probably already going to know no you have a so I mean yeah that's I I am not an animal person um I don't dislike animals. I just didn't grow up around them. And and so I, and I was like afraid of dogs until I was in my thirties. Um, and so like, yeah, it's just like, I'm not someone who would like, it would be cool to know how to ride a horse, but also like who has the time and when's it going to come up? Yeah, when, when are you going to need it? You'll need it in like an apocalypse or something, <laughs> it's, but you don't. I mean, I always thought it was interesting when I was growing up, there was the whole, there's like a whole story about the evolution of the horse and how, there's this like thing on the inside of their elbow, what's called a chestnut, which there's like folklore or maybe there's some fact to it that it used to be like a toe before the horse became hooved and then it went up the arm. I Interesting, a chestnut. Yeah. That's also a color for a horse, right? Yeah. What's I, I see this in the crossword all the time and I think I know what it means, but what's roan R-O-A-N? What does that mean for oh, a horse? Oh, it's kind of like a mixed color. Like it's like almost speckled, but uh, it, it's more incorporated than like an Appaloosa. Appaloosa is just like spots, right? You're, yeah. This horse has spots. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you Have you ever read any uh, Cormac McCarthy novels? No. <laughs> like he, like, so he's a, my favorite American novelist, but he loves horses and especially uh all the pretty horses like i think you yeah. would very much like that book uh it's it's almost devotional uh and, and oh, it's reverence for horses in some spots like and, and so like i as as someone who like doesn't really think about horses at all i read that book and i was like damn horses are the most amazing animals of all time so okay. i would recommend horses it Horses are both the most amazing animal and if you talk to a veterinarian they will say they don't know veterinarians understand how horses have made it be, like into this era. They, they get so sick so easily. Like if there's pressure change, weather mm, change. Yeah. I actually have a good hot, friend. Like, yeah. Old, who has yeah. A, a good friend's father has a ranch and in Colorado and just last year, the, it just, the temperature just dropped 30 like uh, degrees in one night. And like, his main horses, his main workhorse that he'd had for you know a decade, its guts just got messed up or something. Yeah, it, got, and, it probably colicked and like. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was just like what? And so like you are so strong, so fast, so tall. We should be afraid of you, but we have somehow domesticated you, and yet so fragile. Yeah. It, oh, here's a, a not a horse fact. It's really not. It's kind of a story more than a fact. But I was reading a couple years ago. Um, this guy. They obviously, you know, like show horses, race horses for Kentucky Debris and stuff. Yeah. Million dollars, like, you know, million dollar businesses, yeah. like getting this stuff. They can make so, so much money. And then, you know, they can, you can put them out the stud. And uh, this one guy broke the formula and basically he started x-raying the horses. And there's some valve in uh, their heart where if you read it on the x-ray that it is uh -huh. enlarged, uh -huh. that horse is going to be like a winner, like because huh. it can just pump so much more blood. And so he was the first to discover this. 
and he was working um, with a, a buyer who's like, so, you know, one guy's got the money and this is like the horse expert guy and he's in charge of buying this guy's next horse. And he uh, insists on an x-ray from the dealer and sees the quality he's looking for. And he tells the the guy with the money, it's like, uh, you know, I, if you, any money you have put all your money on this horse. And that ended, I think it be, ended up being like a triple crown winner or something like that. And it's just like, and, and so like, yeah, that's just like, I love, you know, better living through knowledge, right? Who knew? Yeah. And actually your point that you brought up earlier too, of like history being easy to kind of, cause there's like with stories, it's easier to pick up on fact. I'm sure like facts and trivia yeah, and exactly. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I have to ask because you are probably like the most well-known trivia person in my large sphere of people I know, and probably the same for a lot of people. Do you get asked to like join people's like bar trivia teams and all that sort of stuff a lot? Uh, I have to say not so much. Um, it's because the people I know personally uh, who would like know me in my life tend to not really be in so much into trivia. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like, yeah, the people who like, uh, yeah, no, I, I think bar trivia is oh, it's so, it's, it, I mean, the quality of the trivia is often atrocious, yeah. but I think most people go, I have never been on a bar trivia. Like I, I can't make it just fun. Like people go to bar trivia to hang with their friends, drink beers and everything like that. And if I'm yeah. in the building playing bar trivia, like I need you to be taking this seriously and to be into in like, you know, we don't have to win, but we have to try to win. I have to think yeah. that you want to win. Yeah. <laughs> and I find that, so I have, I, I will admit, uh, not ashamedly, I'll, I'll say it. I have ruined the fun uh, on a couple of occasions on Bar Trivia where like Ooh. I was just like way more into it than the people were and like people were just trying to vibe and chill. Was this like <laughs> family or friends? No, it was uh, my, I was studying abroad in London, uh, King's College in London, my junior year of college. And uh, we went there and um, they had like an orientation. So I, I'm on, I was like sort of at, at an outpost campus, like the school, actual school proper is in like the city of London, like metropolitan okay. London in the middle. But my dorm and everything was like way out. Like it was kind of weird that they would put a foreign student there. Cause it was just like my oh, community. I had people yeah. who I kind of knew from America who went to the same school and like, they had no commute. Like you just roll out of bed, you're at class. It's all right there. And I had to like take a 15 minute train ride to (laughs) to and from class like every single day. So it was already kind of weird. So like at this like outpost that I was living at, um, they had uh, within the first week of me arriving there. So I'm, you know, uh, never been uh, away from home really that much before. I'm in a new city, Uh, like orientation, like gonna have a pub trivia night. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so like, and like, I knew that it was going to be like British stuff and like stuff about the school, like the set will be like history about the school. So like, I just like, I grabbed the brochure and I'm like studying like the fact, like it was founded in here and like all this stuff, like these are the different colleges. And, and like, I get there and like, I find a team and nobody knows me. I'm just like the rare American kid. And like, I'm like, as they're asking the questions, like my team is just like talking amongst themselves and like, you know, um, like, chatting and, and like, I'm cr- trying to crack the whip. I'm like, hey, sh-. and like they immediately weren't having it. And within like, I basically alienated myself from this group of people and made no friends there oh. for the rest of the year off that night. <laughs> and oh, uh, so, man. yeah, it was just like, I-, I realized then it's just like, yeah, people do trivia for different reasons Two and totally different reasons yeah. exactly yeah. yeah i one time hosted a trivia game when i at bar trivia when i lived in west virginia briefly and i picked one of the categories and i picked seinfeld as one of the categories 
And the entire bar, when I said that Seinfeld was going to be the next category, it was just like, they were so upset. They were so, what? they were like so devastated because they were very specific questions. Like I, I made sure to ask like very specific questions. Well, did you write to... these questions yourself yeah, or did yeah. you, okay. So yeah. you made your own Seinfeld. And yeah. I mean, I, I will admit, and it's kind of atrocious uh, in the sense that I'm a comic, but I, and this is like the most known sitcom ever or one of them. Like I have seen maybe 10 episodes of oh, Seinfeld it ever. It's, I, I, it's fine. I mean, I, I like the show. I mean, I think it's brilliant. I love Larry David. Uh, I actually got a question about comedians and cars getting uh, coffee wrong on the chase. So, you know, really? shame on me. Uh, like, yeah, they just they they basically said um, and also the chase. I was training for speed like it's a very, very yeah. speed focused show. Yeah. So my whole thing, um, I had done, again, the analysis on it. And I'm like, all right, the British guy he is going to be good to like in a minute, he will ask you anywhere from 10 to uh, 12 from eight to 12 questions. Sure. Uh, the American woman who did the earlier version, she's going to ask you anywhere from like 10 up to 13. So like with that kind of speed, if you never spend more than three seconds, like if you don't know it pass or just say like baloney, like any word, yeah. some kind of guess is going to yeah. be better than saying like, because even if you're right, if it takes you eight seconds to get a right answer when you could have heard two more questions in that time, it is just strategically better to just dump it and go. Yeah. Um, which is my strategy going into the chase. However, failing to realize that the current host, uh, Sarah, who I love, she's great at the job. She reads like eight questions a minute. So at that rate, you, you should take them. your time. You should yeah, definitely take yeah. your time. So they asked the question. It was basically in the first episode of this show, Jerry and Larry, uh, are in uh, via uh, VW bug going to get some refreshments or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, I'm just like, didn't know it immediately. So I'm like, throw it in the gun and like, nice. spike it. And like, yeah. And it's just like, if I, if I had given myself like a few more seconds, I could have gotten that. So yeah. yeah. Um, but to Seinfeld, I'm surprised that they were, I mean, people, I have not watched much of that show, but people love that show. Yeah, I think it was the audience. I was in West Virginia. I mean, these guys knew more about like pig farms and, you know, Silence of the Lambs. And, and whatever than what I was talking about, which was kind of funny, but um, half the bar was drunk and very upset with me when that topic <laughs> came up because there was like money on the line and they were, sure. whatever. You gotta get that $50. Yeah, I gotta get that $50 credit to their local Irish pub. <laughs> well, how long did you uh, live in West Virginia for? I was uh, down there for t about two years. I was Wait. working at a big resort down there and then- a resort back. like they have yeah. that that's probably sounds so elitist and ignorant of me but like i had resort in west virginia are not two words that they, i would ever put right, together they don't overlap but there's this <laughs> beautiful resort that's been around since the 1800s called the Greenbrier. it was used as like a um it's been used as like a war hospital and like prisoners of war not prisoners of war like dig foreign dignitaries were there and oh wow they have a very long history it's in a very small town called White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. Is that like the Blue Mountains or the Blue Ridge? Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's like down on the border of Virginia. It's beautiful, but I mean, you you only live in that area to work there. There's not much else to do. <laughs> Did you chase a, a, a partner down there? Or no, what, no, what, no. What? I majored in hospitality. So uh, like, okay. <laughs> I got a management position and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll move to, to the middle of nowhere. And then I left 
And my parents were like, thank God you left. We were worried you were going to get married to somebody and stay down there. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Seems like a fine state. You know, you got to respect West Virginia. They're going to like civil war. They're just like, you know what? Slavery, we're not doing it. And, uh, you know, so I respect them for that. Yeah, uh, they have a, a strange history. That's for sure. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, well, we are coming towards the end of the episode here. But I have to ask before I kind of wrap things up during your time on jeopardy like prepping for that was there what was the question that you lost on i can't remember what the question was that you lost on uh well i didn't it, i didn't quite lose on a Lo- question so like basically the i the my last i won three days i was on four days or yeah. four episodes won the first three the last one um i actually got final jeopardy right it was just okay. like i was getting oh, my ass kicked the entire update so like out. yeah so um, like the my last episode uh, i'm playing um against two people michelle uh the champion who succeeded me uh who's great i follow her on twitter she's very uh, nice person i cannot remember the other woman's name but um i started off relatively strong and then they just went on a run so jeopardy is only partially about like do you know this or not jeopardy is so so entwined with the buzzer like the buzzer is everything on that show it's like i think a lot of people don't realize that is that on jeopardy like you know if you've made it that far if you're on tv for jeopardy you're pretty good at trivia right so it's just like most of the contestants know most of the answers most of the time um that that condition means that it's all about do you get in first or not yeah so like getting in first is like and that's why ken jennings um was so amazing like, obviously he knows his trivia like he knows like so much trivia he's amazing yeah. at recall all this stuff but he just had a, a preternatural ability to get in on the buzzer and just beat his opponents like it was just wild like he like he's like yoda at this right yeah, yeah, yeah so in my final game um we had a lunch break so jeopardy films five episodes per day uh on tuesdays and wednesdays generally so i was up on wednesday I go the first game of the day when the first three, I had like a five hour energy for breakfast that, uh, you know, that morning I had barely slept the night before. So like, I'm like, I'm, I'm awake and wired, but like, yeah. it's a very shaky wiredness. Yeah. Like there's like no calories in my system. I'm just like pure adrenaline. And then we went to lunch after the first three episodes and I could f- immediately, uh, once we left the stage and like my body relaxed for a half a second, I was like, I don't, have the juice anymore like i I just did not feel on in a way that i was and i don't want to take anything away from a competition like they did really really well um but once i got back on i was just like feeling a little bit like less uh amped and then i started off decent and then like we just it got into a lull where like there was a long stretch where i was not getting in at all and getting daily doubles so like when we're going into the final um you know i had you know uh the only it was very apparent the only way that i can win this is if uh the woman in the lead is wrong and she wasn't wrong so like i you know i i went into it uh i went into final in second place i ended up and rather in third place i'm sorry i went into final jeopardy in third place i ended up stealing second place just because i i did get the final correct but uh you know jeopardy is like who cares about second (laughs) first place loser on jeopardy that's for sure it's almost like more impressive that you did that all in one day yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's, you can say it's impressive for me, but like this thing about like Ken or James and everything like that, like they were, they play five eps a day. So if you see anyone on Jeopardy, like sweep the week, they did that all, all in a day, all in a day. Yeah. So like they, they film episodes five a day on Tuesday and Wednesday, 
And so when you are at home and you're watching that Monday through Friday's games, you can rest assured they were filmed either all on a Tuesday or all on a Wednesday. And so it's just like for the people like who go on like, you know, 10 plus runs, it's like, just imagine you go into Jeopardy on a Tuesday, you beat five games, you know, and then you come back the next, you go back to a hotel, you come back the next day, do it all over again, again. come back the next week, go it again. It's just like, wow. So how many, because you had like a good wardrobe too. How many jackets did you bring with you? Uh, I bought, I think four. They, so it's all about layering, right? So like, uh, like chances are statistically, you are not going to need to change your clothes. You are not going to win. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, I think it's like something like, I think it's something like, these numbers might be, don't quote me, but I think it's something like 70, more than 70% of people on Jeopardy will never win a game. Of the people who win at least one game. So of those, I think it's 50%, no, 75% win exactly one game. Okay. 20% win two games and 5% win anything above two games. Uh, so it's like, you know, so I, you know, I, my goal had been to win five games and make the tournament the champions. That did not happen. Yeah. Um, but I was able to get into like the, the upper echelons, just like, you know, winning what I did. So I was very grateful for that, but they advised you to bring layers. So the whole idea is like you bring, uh, if you watch it, if you're eagle eyed enough and you, and you watch this, you will see champions sometimes do this. Uh, you want to bring like a button down, uh, a couple of button downs, like so two or three button downs, like then like two like uh, sleeveless sweaters or cardigans or something like that. Yeah. And then two jackets and then you can mix and match. So I've seen it. If you watch it hard enough, you can see like some guy sometimes like that guy was definitely wearing that button down uh, two days ago. But then it was under a sweater vest and this time it's under a blazer. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, I will say I remember watching that one of those Jeopardy episodes at the comedy studio and my parents were watching and they're like, you know, this person, he's so smart. <laughs> Kathleen, why, how do you know smart? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I'm sorry that I'm not on Jeopardy right now. I mean, that is just my demo. Like my, I, I, you know, if I'm being honest with myself and looking at like, you know, all my career in quotes in comedy, storytelling, everything I've ever done, my biggest fan base by far is women over the age of 65. And really? uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I think I remind them of their grandson. Um, you know, it's just like, I, I enjoy the company uh, of older people. They have good stories. So like, you know, uh, and if you do storytelling, especially like, you know, the last few years I've done as much storytelling as I've done comedy. Yeah. And that scene is just older. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you don't want to be in a comedy club. Like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of people who are like 60, 70, you yeah. want to be in a comedy club at like, you know, on a Saturday night at 10 p.m. Whereas if you're doing a Sunday, like, you know, afternoon show at a civic center or something like that, like, yeah, you know, you're going to get yeah, that kind of crowd. So I'm very happy to, to have that fan base. Um, but the average age of Jeopardy fandom is 76. Like that's average. That's so. <laughs> so half the people who watch Jeopardy are older than that. And anyway, yeah. so it's like, it's crazy. That's so crazy. Now, I noticed that you're also a published author. Is your book relative to trivia at all or? Uh, not so, it's more, it's, it's aphorism. So I have, a, I have a book called Questions for Terrible People. Uh, it's a humor book and it's just uh, 250 questions uh, that, you know, sort of help you evaluate how awful of a person you are. So oh. um, it's sort of like 
I always describe it as cards for humanity in book form. So you'd open okay. up, you crack up, you know, you don't really read this sequentially, but you'd be on a road trip or pre-gaming a party, or whatever, and you'd open up and you'd be like, hmm, would you rather, uh, you know, uh, cut off your own pinky toe or your best friend would wake up tomorrow, tomorrow with their right eye gone? Like, you know, and they'll never know the decision you made. Yeah. And, you know, so like that sort of dilemma. So like, yeah, it's a lot of that just like, just diabolical thought experiments uh, to help you find out uh, what kind of person you are. Yeah. Well, Wes, it's been so great having you on the podcast. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, definitely check out number one thing would be my weekly newsletter called West Rex. So I love trivia. I love finding cool new stuff. Uh, again, how I get most of my trivia isn't reading trivia books of books or facts. It's like reading cool articles and essays and books and watching videos that I just find interesting. So every week I put together uh, a newsletter that has all the cool essays, articles, videos, fun facts, vocab, uh, all that sort of stuff that I think people will like. And you can check that out and subscribe and check out past issues at Wes Rex, that's W-E-S-R-E-C-S dot info, westrex.info, westrex.com was a pizza review website until what? very recently. Uh, I think I can get it now. So I'm going to look into that this weekend, but uh, we'll see. That's so cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you've been listening to another episode of the Gimme Podcast. As I say, every week you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or wherever. And don't forget to give us a five-star review. Thanks so much.